0: Hello. We want to give a warning to any Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander listeners that this podcast episode mentions the names of people who have passed away. The entire team at Emsolation want to acknowledge that we are gathered on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We want to recognise that we are recording and telling our stories on the stolen land of our country's first storytellers. We wish to pay our respects to all Wurundjeri elders and ancestors, and to extend that respect to any First Nations peoples who listen to Emsolation. We recognize Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples' continued connection to the land and waters of this country, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Always was, always will be. In Rossiano. My precious. It's a Lord of the Rings reference.
1: And Michael Lucas. And they're constructive. They're not just like (laughs) this bitch cro-cro. It's not that. (laughs) This is Emsolation.
0: I was already quite mad, and I walked out of the shop.
1: It's not like you. I know, right? You're in Emsolation.
0: Well, hello there and welcome to Emsolation. My name is Em Rassiano. I'm a writer, a singer, a stand-up comedian, a maximalist power queen. I also am ADHD. I'm neurodivergent and I got a few messages from mothers and fathers saying that their children have listened to the intro and heard me and been told, look, she has a magic brain and look what she's doing. So if you want to play this to the neurodivergent king, queen, or they in your life. My name is Em Rassiano and I am proudly neurodivergent. I have combination type, ADHD, currently being assessed also for autism and whatever the outcome, my brain is magic. It's also really hard a lot of the time. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that it's a superpower all of the time and be Pollyanna and lie about it. Sometimes my brain makes my life really hard, but ultimately I'd much rather be magic than not. Welcome, everybody. Soon, my best friend since I was 11, screenwriter, Logie and Actor Award winner, Mr Michael Lucas will be joining me for our Thursday edition of Emsolation. How are you? Have you recovered from there not being an episode on Tuesday? My goodness, some of you got your knickers in a knot. It's okay. Every now and then we'll have one Tuesday off. Don't worry, I was at home deep cleaning. I had my biannual tantrum. Do you remember, I don't know, you know, this may not apply to everyone, but when I was a kid, the same thing would happen in my house, right, and mum would crack it, right, everyone needs to clean their rooms and the, the telltale sign would be her aggressively vacuuming and the vacuum head just hitting edge of my door over and over again. And I'm like, oh, God, it's a cleaning day. And what she used to do was something I now know was a very deliberate Plot, ploy, plan. And I employed the same thing yesterday. So what she would do is she would like, dad, my sister and I would just be like, right, you need to do this. I've had it. I'm sick of doing everything. The whole thing that we all say. And then the three of us would unite against a common enemy. You know, we'd all go together into the same room and she would be off huffing and puffing elsewhere. But the three of us would be like, right, we're in this together. Well, the same thing happened at my house yesterday. My God. And it worked a treat. I united them against the common enemy, which was me. So I sent them up to the roof to the attic and that is where all the costumes, all the projects, all the glitter, all the crafting, all the hobbies I've started and stopped. It all lives in our roof space, right? And it is horrendous up there. And I just said to them, "You, the three of you, oh, I've done the rest of the house, you go up into the attic." And they all looked like I'd sucked the soul from their very bodies through their noses. And they're like, "What?" And I said, "Don't you even." So the three of them walked upstairs. And I could just, they were all seething at me, uniting against the common enemy. And I was cackling to myself and they started putting on music and then Odie, of course, had to do a fashion parade with all the things and they were getting distracted. And then I could hear them yelling at each other, don't get distracted, stop getting distracted. And then Chella came down wearing a wig and then Scott tried on some old shoes. But eventually, after five hours, it was done. And I walked upstairs to our junk room because every house has a junk room. And it was spotless. It was stunning. It was sparkling. I wanted to weep. The, one, the shame of our house, the shame in which I have to always apologise for and hope that no one looks up and sees, is the junk room. And for, for the last 24 hours, I mean, don't worry, it will, it will accumulate again. But my house, from top to bottom, as we speak at the time of recording, 12.09pm, as I sit here on Wednesday the 2nd of November, Michael Lucas' birthday, my house is clean. Every room. Like if someone popped over, I wouldn't have to usher them through somewhere covering their head. You know, like when police put um, suspected criminals in the back of police cars and they put things over their heads so they don't hit it on the police car. I have to do that with guests. Certain areas of my house. Not today. Not today. So everyone, come over. Don't. I mean, please don't come over. Oh, my God, I would hate that so much. (laughs) But if someone did pop in, I would be like, oh, I wouldn't have to do the whole, oh, so sorry, the house is a mess. I'd be like, oh, my God, come in and check under the toilet. Ah! Anyway, that's what I did yesterday. What you're about to hear is Michael Lucas on his birthday, 44 years. (laughs) The earth has been blessed with his presence. Uh, Tony Armstrong was meant to join us today, but as a lot of you are aware, he has had a lot going on and um, was unable to be here. But we certainly wanted to talk about... You know, it's been a pretty awful time for the Indigenous community of Australia, especially in the media, but especially over the last week and I speak, of course, of the passing of 15-year-old Cassius Turvey. Around the country today there are vigils and rallies and uh, Michael and I discuss ways in which allies and non-Indigenous Australians can support, assist, advocate for First Nations peoples because we need to carry the burden. It's a difficult chat, but it should be. Uh, we also talk about Marcella's birthday party that happened on the weekend and Taylor Swift has released a new album. Of course, it's, it's due. She's, she's so prolific. All of that and more is coming up. Thank you so much for being here. Play the music.
1: M. Luciano and Michael Lucas, this is M. Salation.
0: Michael Lucas, happy 44th birthday!
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Thank you. Celebrating my exit from early 40s.
0: (laughs) No, 44s. What's 44? Is that officially mid? I think it's got
1: to be mid, right?
0: So am I still early 40s and you're mid-40s? I think so. Oh, yes! God, for a
1: few more months. Why did I mention it? <laughs> I'm halfway to 88. You're oh, halfway to 66. Oh. No, what are you? Yes, no, I'll no, take I it. can't take it. He was Wait. Te- <laughs> We're always terrible at maths. Although, 86. Sorry.
0: <laughs> you are, do you feel like it's your birthday? Does it feel
1: birthday? I got you a balloon. It was absolutely lovely. Um Actually, th- today is filled with quite a hectic array of different work-related things from yeah. Yeah. <laughs> social justice. Thing. To be honest, no. no. I wouldn't say that I'm really feeling very celebratory at the moment, but I feel that there is a festive season coming and I will <laughs> I'll perk up.
0: I'll make today... Birthday esque for you. you Thank you. You always
1: come good. Well, you always tend to have a bit of a birthday sparkle, even on a normal, yeah. any record day. Yeah, there's I a mean, chocolate
0: mug cake with your name on everything it. Everything about
1: there. the entire space you've designed <laughs> screams birthday just on an ordinary Tuesday. <laughs> it has a confetti vibe.
0: Well, we do sit here uh, also fresh off the back of the extravagant 21st birthday party that my daughter had on the weekend.
1: Absolutely. Production designed to within an inch of its life, as we would expect.
0: Yes. And I was ready to leave the moment the first guests arrived.
1: It was (laughs) amazing. To be fair, you'd really put in the effort in the prep.
0: Oh, my God. I'd gone above and beyond in the prep. I thought we were in there, we were meeting the balloon lady, and she was hectic, by the way. This woman was a tiny four-foot-nine ethnic lady with six kids, also now one of my favourite humans I've ever met in my life. She was just like, oh, you know, I just keep having kids, but, you know, they're, they're dickheads after one. They're just fucking dickheads. And Scott, Chella, Odie and I were all in there just watching the show unfold and she had the most extraordinary hair and at the same time she's doing these incredible balloons for us. <laughs> just like, oh, my God. Wow. So she set the tone for the day. Yeah. We went home and we all got dressed up because I had to also arrange everyone else's costumes. Oh,
1: And not to mention choreograph the Beyonce TikToks that you're doing as a family. Don't think I didn't notice that.
0: (laughs) But unfortunately with the costuming, there was one member of the family who I just didn't put as much detail into because he's a fully grown man. Scott was left to his own wig devices for Jon Snow.
1: I didn't want to say anything (laughs) because everything about that costume was perfect, but that was not Jon Snow hair. Lord Farquhar. I... I'm Lord Farquaad. Lord Farquaad, yeah. <laughs> Closer to that.
0: Well, he went to get himself a wig and he came back with what can only be described as uh, what's his name? The guitarist of a queen, Brian May. Yeah. He like Brian May. Right. And I said, that that's not okay. So I went through our wigs and found like a short brown yeah. one.
1: It really needed the middle ground between the two, <laughs> it needed a looser curl. <laughs> Jon Snow is all about the curl, really, though. I know. But not. Brian Maycurl.
0: And so he came out all dressed, and the girls and I, and I'm death staring Odie and Cella because they were trying to tell him the truth, but we, we wouldn't have left.
1: There's no, yeah. Like,
0: we just had to pump him up. And he came out, I was like, oh, wow. You know nothing, John Snow. Like, I was yeah. really given some year You know nothing, John Snow. I was all up in his grill and Odie was just hacking herself, Morticia, and I'm looking at them going, you shut up, you shut up or we will never leave. And then every time someone has written, oh, he looks like Lord Farquhar on my Instagram photos, I've had to quickly delete.
1: Oh, that's love.
0: I've had to shepherd so many Lord Farquhar comments. That is amazing.
1: That is, that should be added to contemporary wedding vows. If your costume yep. lands yep. badly, yep. I hereby pledge to yep. delete every negative comment.
0: Absolutely, and I have done that. And I'm, I haven't checked Facebook yet. I put some up of him today, and I better go check Facebook. But it was, it was, it was a triumph. People were gone by eleven thirty.
1: That was triumph. It did start at six thirty, so they really put it in effort. People were dancing by eight. Yeah, I'm not a fool.
0: The no. earlier you start, the earlier you yeah, finish. It was great, and also,
1: <laughs> but most especially. The Lord Farquhar wig aside, people went hard oh and God. precise with the costumes. There's comparisons up on Instagram. You can see it for yourself.
0: Yes. We were just so heartened. And you always have a better time at a costume party. So we think more people drop off out of fear. Like we had 16 of her friends drop off in the last week. And we all suspect Weak. costume related. week, Then yeah. And she was getting a bit flat about it. She said, no one's coming. And I said, no. The best. Correct. Mm. This is how you weed out the champions, the wheat from the charts. This is right. you the cream of the crop. Yeah. Are the people that fucking turn up? You were there, you were there like at six fifteen. Full <laughs> Freddie Mercury. Ready to go. And that's the and that's why I said and I said to her at the party, look around. These people love you the most. Yeah. Take them all in. You yeah. You know, so
1: Yeah. It was a great night. My only flaw was that I had made sure I'd brushed up on the lyrics to Bohemian Rhapsody and We Are The Champions, but I didn't think you were going to play Don't Stop Me and I just didn't know it that well and I do regret that. But I should I, have intervened. Why
0: didn't you tell me? I don't know.
1: I should have. In Because I was I should have.
0: hiding in the corner. Because it was
1: going really well, the song, mm. and I'm like, oh, fuck. And I, then I thought I will get these lyrics, but I just didn't know them.
0: It's okay. Oh. But I'm surprised you didn't make the request of the song.
1: I should have. Yeah. Should have. No? Well, then I thought maybe Bohemian is too long. I don't know. No, everyone
0: would have loved it. Actually, I, I don't know why. I just picked that one because all the kids love it. They love it. But that's okay. You um, were very fun. You were like, you were best dressed. One of, I don't think so. No, you were named best dressed.
1: Oh, really? Truly. Oh, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> it was also astonishing, basically the entire night, mm. Every song that they loved, I also loved. And I know that's because you were programming, but I was still shocked at how much they were into all exactly the music that we love now, but also the music that we loved when we were 21. Well,
0: the 90s are back.
1: They're really so bad. So they're all revealing. And the early 2000s.
0: Yeah, like I told you Odette sat down to tell me about her new favourite band, Smashing Pumpkins.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> Mum, you should listen to Pearl Jam's 10. Oh, you reckon? Do you want me to give you a dissertation on Pearl Jam's 10 and how every song is a fucking killer? Martella was playing Miseducation of Lauryn Hill on her vinyl on a my record player God. last
1: night. We went all the way to 11 and every song was a song that I would have played at my own event. I mean, it makes sense because it's you, but then they got to <laughs> High School Musical and I was out. Oh, boo. Is that like for them what like is yes. us? Yes. Yeah. But they still have Grease as well. They would know what Grease was. They
0: only... My kids only know about Grease because of me. Okay, But my cousin came as Danny Zuko and a lot of Chella's mates...
1: Didn't know who he was. Yeah.
0: But to be fair, Chella's friend Reese didn't know who I was. Never heard of Dolly Parton. Then I said to him... Then I said to him, Michael Lucas, Dolly Parton wrote I Will Always Love You that Whitney Houston sang. And then he said...
1: Who's Whitney Houston? Who's Whitney Houston? No. That... (laughs)
0: I t- you know, you I know totally what? I totally.
1: W- what? Security! Yeah, totally. I mean, we would. Obviously, the ethos of this whole space and environment and podcast is you don't judge people's parenting, but in this instance, Mate, I'm judging. Fail. How? I would have called Docs. Get him yeah, out of there. Yeah, totally. He's
0: been totally neglected. What sort of
1: education? How could you not know Dolly, Dolly Parton or Whitney. Whitney Houston? How?
0: Or Danny Zuko? He knew who you were, though. Freddie Mercury.
1: Really? Yeah. I would have thought. That Freddie would have been in the lower end of that ranking. And he
0: was dressed as Mick Jagger. Yeah. Yeah, Strange. Really weird. Strange. But Chella had a great time. Happy birthday, Cella. We love you so much. Let's move on, though. Taylor Swift is Mm. occupying the top 10 spots for the first time ever in the history of music on the Billboard charts with her new album, Midnights. I mean, she's won.
1: Oh, totally. Right? That's it. And also the other thing is it's incredible to think that she's like 18 years into her career about. Hang on. How long is she into? I think it's 18 years. She's 34, isn't she? And she began at 16. 16. Oh, my God. It's 18 years into her career. Yeah. And if you compare that to other, like the Beatles had packed up and long gone by this point. They didn't last that long. Like. I can put it in Madonna terms. Please put it in Madonna
0: terms. It's your birthday, bitch. If you want to talk about Madonna for 20 minutes, babes,
1: you go. So it go. would be... He's it entered, would you be
0: should see his face. He's going into like Madonna was at
1: the age of... um. She, she would have been releasing... It's not the same age, but in terms of where she was at in her career, it was her American Life thing, which, as we recall, American Life was not a particularly commercially successful record. It certainly was not occupying all the top ten spaces. It's incredible that she's at this... Absolute. I mean, she had that little dip, I think we can say, after 1999, that was a tough act to follow. Mm. Took her but then folklore. (sighs) And
0: I think with Midnight's, I am so sick of her singing about the same three topics. Revenge. Revenge, it's me, I'm the problem. I think that Taylor writes songs the way she thinks the public view her, but not necessarily the way Taylor views herself.
1: Yeah, right. Do you know what I
0: mean? I feel like she's kind of... It's almost like she's trying to be really self-aware in the lyrics. Oh, I know what you all think. It's me. I'm the problem. It's me. La, la, la. And I just feel like, Tay-Tay, you're possibly married. There's rumours she got secretly married. You're 34. You are literally the most successful musician arguably ever. ever. Can we move on with our song topics? Now, don't come for me, Swifties. You know I'm a geriatric Swiftie, so I feel like I can say this from love. But I'm sitting there listening going, oh, God, come on, man. Oh, well,
1: also, it's because part of the joy of the folklore era, and let's just take a moment to uh, acknowledge the fact that this podcast has been going for so long now that we've actually had multiple Taylor Swift album <laughs> cycles because we did a whole thing on folklore. <laughs> we did. <laughs> um, we're still here. Yeah. But what felt like a progression apart from the sound was Agreed. it was storytelling. Uh-huh. She was telling stories the last great Other American peoples. dynasty. Yeah, all that sort of stuff, characters and everything, yes. and it really suited her because she's a great writer and I thought, Oh, well, this has really opened it up. Yes. Where's she gonna go next? Yes. This concept album, what's gonna happen? And then it was sort of back to the topics she was covering in reputation and yeah yeah and I and it did th- yeah having said that still knows her way around a catchy hook
0: well Jack Anatoff again worked with her which is her you know right hand man and it's very him now he am I correct he's the one who was once with Lena Dunham but then dumped Lena Dunham for Lord yeah uh, do uh, I have well, the right person no I
1: think that you've just imbued the Lord thing on it he definitely left Lena Dunham I don't know that there's any confirmation he got to get the Lord he is her music producer and also I, this is the most anal thing I was Say Antonov.
0: Oh, Antonov. Yeah. Not the most anal thing you'll say. <laughs>
1: Hi,
0: Gay. <laughs> <Wait>. Move on. <laughs> Hi, Gay. Antonov. Uh, so I think this album definitely sounds like Taylor, but in terms of the lyrics, I really feel like she's regressed from folklore. I. Do, what are your favourite songs?
1: I, I don't mind Antihero. Mm. Oh, look, the weird thing about it is when it began, I sort of felt like oh, sort of sounds like a bit of a step back to sort of we're sort of fusing together a few things that she's done in the past. Mm. Um, but then the more it goes on, now it's all playing. And look, I'm I'm pretty. I can sit there and listen to it all. Yeah. I don't mind Lavender Haze. I don't mind Anti Hero. I yeah. don't even mind the Snow on the Beach song.
0: I like that. Except I wish that they had to let Lana step up to the mic. Yeah, is she on it? <laughs> yeah, she's singing like four lines in the background. Mm-hmm.
1: That's like the Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show when Beyonce said, please welcome Destiny's Child, and then you just think. <laughs> no, but at least Destiny's Child her. got to sing. Well, couldn't hear them, though.
0: But like, with this, it's like, because Odie was so excited because Oni loves Lana Del Rey, my child, my 15-year-old, yeah. loves her, and she's the first song she played when the track dropped, when the album dropped, and he's like, oh, my God, it's not on the beach. And we're sitting there going, uh,
1: that, yeah. is that, is that and she's her? got such is that, a distinctive voice. Is that her? But yeah. she's also
0: been told to sing like Taylor. Because when you hear it, it's Lana's impersonation of Taylor. So I like that song. My favourite song is Bejeweled. Mm -hmm. And I like, Karma is your boyfriend. Karma is God. And Masterpiece is the best song on the album because it is not... It, it's about her real life. She wrote it about the dude she's with now, mm. about how she orchestrated their love affair, how nothing was left to chance, mm. how she was a total nerd about it. And I believe that is Taylor Swift. Mm. So the final track masterpiece was like, I wanted the whole album to be this, mm. this story mm. that you've told. But, like, it's 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 good. I'm just happy for her. Oh. You know, like, do whatever you want, babes. But the next album, I swear to God, if there's any more... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's enough now. You know what we say to Taylor? You know what we say? Move on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but also, thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we know, have
1: no bad blood with Taylor, as absolutely she would not. say.
0: absolutely not. Before we before we go away to a break and come back, White Lotus is out. Yep. Marcella has watched the first episode. I have not yet. And all Nor she said I. and all she said to me is about the first episode penis. Big penis. Yep. So here we are again.
1: Here we are again. (laughs) It's like there's a gravitational pull towards certain topics. So I'll be watching it, but
0: just so everyone knows, of course. And we'll get. If you're wondering why we haven't
1: brought it up, it's coming. It's coming. Well, is it? Pun intended. We'll watch
0: it tonight. Maybe it's a birthday treat. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're gonna go away and come back after these brief messages from our sponsors. I don't know if we have sponsors. I'll make an ad, whatever. Remember the 90s? Oh no no, Ben, do the voice. Remember the 90s? 90s? Yes! Remember your end of term party? I wasn't invited.
1: Remember how you used to go to live shows? No. (laughs) Remember how it's almost the end of the year.
0: Yes!
1: Good, because we're bringing all those things together for a one-off extravaganza called the Emsolation End of Term Party. Party, party, party. This is your one and only chance to see M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas on stage in Melbourne. There's
0: going to be music, there's going to be singing, there's going to be things we shouldn't say into a microphone, there's going to be lots of 90s torch songs and outfits to match.
1: Tickets are on sale 10am November 3rd. Three, aka this morning from National au get in quick M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas this is, 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 is M. Salation.
0: today around the country there are vigils and rallies in honor of 15 year old Cassius turvey who was walking home from school as 15-year-old boys do, and allegedly attacked and ultimately passed away from his injuries a couple of days later. Now, Cassius was an Indigenous boy and there has just been the most extraordinary response to this. But I guess... It feels like it took a long time for that to happen.
1: It did, yeah. I mean, we're all familiar with times when there's been deaths that have really instantly Mm. caught the public imagination and, you know, Jill Maher and Mm. uh, things like that where it felt like within hours everyone was in the grip of it. This one took a little bit longer and, and, and I think there's some questions we need to ask ourselves about that. Really, in the end, it was, I would say, at least from my perspective... It was the kind of ag- advocacy and of people like Norelda Jacobs, mm. who has just been uh, incredible this yeah. whole period of time. It, it, the most confronting, difficult topic, and day after day and after day. And her community
0: also, her family. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and Tony Armstrong. I mean, there's been many, um, but it it kind of took them. Calling it out, basically, calling out the lack of response from... I mean, Narelda was tagging Seven and Nine News going, where are you?
0: Where has Channel Seven and Channel Nine been? I'm I'm just calling them out. You need to come and you need to give a voice to the pain. You have been completely absent in this whole conversation and it's up to individuals to, to use their platforms that they have created themselves to share this.
1: And it's true. It's really hard to escape. If something like this had happened to a white kid, mm. we would have been, you know, we, it, it would have been absolutely story and it, and it wasn't for a long time. Mm. And that's why wasn't this our true instant Black Lives Matter moment is, a, mm. is something a bit of a disturbing question.
0: Yeah. And I think you mentioned Tony and he was meant to be on with us today, but obviously he's got a lot, a lot going on. So we wanted to make sure we amplified his message. Here's what Tony had to say about what's been happening with the media's response to Cassius Turvey's death. Uh, He said this on the project.
1: Ultimately, we don't want to talk about how this is um, a racial incident, but ultimately, when it's all boiled down to, the value of property has been deemed more than the life of a 15-year-old black kid. The value of property. I mean, what kind of a joint are we living in? What kind of backwater are we living in, if that's the case? How do you think families are feeling sending their kids out? Mm. It's disgusting. I'm so angry. I know a lot of mobs really upset as well and my heart goes out to the family as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing that got me was the police, the WA police, saying, you know, case of wrong place, wrong time. You know, it, it may be a case of mistaken identity. It may be a case of being in the wrong place at the wrong time.
1: <sighs>
0: well, he was he was walking home from school.
1: Yeah. In broad what, daylight. What,
0: in broad daylight, as he's mm. got every right to, as my 15-year-old does... Why is that the wrong place, wrong time? Mm. This, that's what got me was that comment of, well, so what would be the right place for him to be at that point in time after school? Mm. It, it's the way that they're, it's the way that they're not calling it what it is, mm. and I've been reading. You know, you go and you read a lot of the community outpouring, and especially the WA community and the Indigenous community and his community, and they say, we don't feel safe sending our kids out by themselves we Mm. are afraid for our kids
1: Mm.
0: and this is a genuine fear that we have we have fear of the police we have fear of the community and every day we send our kids off to school we have Mm. that fear Mm. and we have to live with that and cassie says mother's worst fear any mother any parent's worst fear has come true narelda and tony shouldn't have to bear this burden Because it's been, you know, with the what happened with the Australian Diamonds, with the netball team, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they've had, you know, that to deal with. Gina Reinhart's father's comments coming back to light, saying that Indigenous people should be sterilised. Mm. So it's been this horrendous I oh, know, it's time. endless. It's been just hit after hit after hit on the Indigenous community of Australia. So a lot of you, like Michael and I, are wondering how we can help and take the burden off First Nations... Peoples and a friend of mine and journalist Lauren Beckman, she put together the most incredible kind of slideshow on her Instagram account. Uh, and I wanted to share it with you because it was certainly helpful for me. And, you know, it is a time where we can definitely shoulder this and not put it on. You know, I just... You know, Every time it's spoken about on the news, you can tell that they've, they've found a First Nations person to speak about it, and I, and I, every time I think, oh, like, again, mm. they're having to explain to non-Indigenous Australians
1: mm.
0: why this is horrendous. Why isn't it enough mm. that a fifteen-year-old was attacked mm. on their way? Do you know, do you know what? So, so the first thing you can do is donate to the GoFundMe for the family of Cassie's Turvey. And you can donate to grassroots organisations, the Aboriginal League service, uh, pay the rent. We'll put a whole lot of links up on our Instagram. Amplify black voices. On Instagram, follow black creators, repost their stories, buy their products. And there's a documentary on Four Corners. It's called How Many More? It's confronting. I didn't sleep after it, but nor should I and nor should you. And it's, it's the report on the crisis of First Nations women being killed. And it is so confronting, but so important. Attend the vigils, they're happening around the country this week. Speak to your friends and family about the racism that still exists in Australia, and it's the microaggressions. It's the little Mm. ones. And I was reading an article written by an Indigenous woman where she said the tiny little things that happen that get left unchecked, that's what snowballs. Mm. And when the the small racisms occur and the tiny little, the death by a thousand cuts almost, Mm. call your friends out, call your family out. When it happens, do it on the spot. And your kids especially, talk to your kids because First Nations kids do not have the luxury of being shielded from this. Mm -hmm. If you are non-Indigenous, you can if you choose to shield your kids from this. Indigenous kids, they don't have that luxury. They have to walk out every day and face this. Support black creators, as I said, and the last thing you can do, which Lauren pointed out really beautifully, is you can write a letter to your local MP and it doesn't have to be a complex one. It doesn't have to outline statistics. You can just say, hey, look, I'm a member of your electorate and I'm really concerned about what's going on and I need to know what you're doing to mm. um, to make this better. Mm.
1: At the moment for me, I'm absolutely knee deep in research about what the landscape in Australia was like in terms of coverage of First Nations issues in the 80s and it's so shocking how little has progressed, really. I mean, it is great that we've got Norelda and we've got Tony there in the media and, and it's not like there's no progress. But considering that it's it's 35 years, it's shocking. And and the only way that there's going to be genuine progress is people are proactive and show up. And it's not enough to sit there thinking, well, I'm really not contributing to it in any way. Silence is a contribution yeah. to it. And it's, well, you know, the, the time for change and genuine progress on this front is so overdue and it's only going to happen if people, if people show up, and, show they care.
0: And be resilient. Mm. Be resilient in the way you show up. But you've got to keep showing up. Mm. You should be uncomfortable. If you're a non-Indigenous Australian, you should be uncomfortable at the moment and what is going on in your country. And when you want to be an activist and you want to platform an issue that doesn't necessarily directly affect you, you have to listen to the voices of the people. It does affect, and you have to keep showing up, even if those voices tell you you're showing up in the wrong way. Ask, just mm. just keep going, mm. keep being there. Don't be discouraged. We we have to shoulder this shoulder this burden. I I can't state that enough. Michael and I are always reluctant to discuss these kind of things without a member of you know the community we're discussing present, but um we wanted to give you all an opportunity and an avenue to show your support, not only for Cassius Turvey's family, but also for all Indigenous Australians. Uh, look, it's a sombre note to end the pot on, but it's a, what else can you say? There's no way around that. You You just have to sit in it. Yeah. And that's Mm. the thing, sit in it and you should be uncomfortable. If you don't feel uncomfortable, then you're not human. We'll be attending the Melbourne vigil I hope a lot of you get to the vigils around you and um, like I said, we'll be putting a bunch of resources up so that if you're an ally, uh, you can help out and if you are part of the Indigenous community, we will keep showing up for you on behalf of this entire team that I represent, we will keep showing up for you. Okay, that's it. See you later. See ya. That's all from us at Emsolation. This week we wanted to leave you with some of the words spoken by Cassius's close friends at his memorial service today. I was lucky enough to have Cassius as one of my best friends. I speak on behalf of many of us here. He really was a best friend to everyone. Cassius was a teddy bear, or as the boys would say, a big friendly giant. He had a big heart, a big brain and big dreams. I am very happy to say Cassius, your name is making a change. I hope you're smiling down, knowing how many people have heard your story, my brother. Your name will never be forgotten. It will always be remembered. And it it's justice for Cassius. Forever 15, my friend.
1: He always did have his own superpower. It was his it was his big art and his his smile. That was his superpower. Put a smile on everyone's face. Make everyone's day. It was a beautiful young fellow. I love you, Cassius. You're my brother, boy.